0: Welcome to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch, and your host for today. Today we're talking about relaunching in the arts. Specifically, we're speaking with Teresa Harris, director of the Edgewater Galleries in Middlebury, Vermont, who started as a textile designer working on the commercial side of the industry took an eight-year career break, and then relaunched her career as an artist and entrepreneur, and then teacher and facilitator working with a disabled textile artist. We'll talk about Teresa's background and where she is today, and we're really looking forward to having this conversation about a topic that we haven't spent that much time yet um, in our podcast series, so excited to be having this conversation. Teresa, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Well, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we're happy to have you. And I wanted to start out by asking you if you could describe for our audience your educational and work background uh, before your career break. Yes.
1: I uh, got my Bachelor of Fine Arts from Moore College of Art and Design in Philadelphia Um, and immediately after graduating, moved to the Boston area and worked for Stark Carpet Corporation as first a staff artist. And then, uh, I became head of the art department there. Um, and later, uh, went from working full time with them to working, uh, on a freelance basis, um, after the birth of my first
0: son. And then what happened? Uh, did, did you have more children? Um, did you keep working freelance or did you ultimately take a stop working completely for pay? I uh,
1: continued to do freelance work through the birth of my second child. And then by the time my third son was born, I took a complete career break and stopped. Uh, and then a, num- a few years later, did start to do some freelance work uh, again, but there was a gap uh, where I was not working at all.
0: So you were pretty much on career break for about eight years did you, did you just wake up one morning and realize you were really ready to get back to work? Or what was the impetus for uh, you working as an artist, an entrepreneur, and, and then making that um, transition into working with the disabled textile artists?
1: It was a gradual um, thought process where I just was felt uh, that it wasn't enough to uh, be at home and just a parent, and I was ready. Uh, really missing the creative side of my personality, and so I, uh, my first thought was to just start making art uh, on a fine art in a fine art way um, in my studio, which was wonderful. And I did, I did start to do that, and and think about maybe marketing my work and selling some of it, um, but ultimately. I wanted to challenge myself more. I wanted to get out into the world and work with other people and really just kind of stretch uh, the limits of what I could do creatively. And it felt a little safe to be just working in my studio and selling work when I could. And uh, I felt I could, I could do more than that.
0: And so like, what was that first step that you took to sort of branch out and, and start to be back in the art world?
1: So I, um, the first step I took was um, deciding that, did I want full-time, part-time? Um, I did some networking. I, I went back to where I had worked. I went back to the Boston Design Center to start carpet. I talked to people and started to get a sense for what was going on there because I, I thought, well, maybe that's the best thing is to kind of go back to what I was doing. But um, mm-hmm. ultimately, I realized that probably that wasn't going to be a good fit, that probably I still wanted to work part time. Um, and so I, um, I mean, it was really kind of fortuitous, but I. I started to look at, I mean, and this was a number of years ago, I started to look at one ads and, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was in our local paper that I saw an ad that started with the words artist needed. And that's a very rare <laughs> occurrence. To yeah. See that, and not only artist needed, but textile artist or someone with uh, skills in textile design, um, and then it went on to say to work with a woman with a disability who is a wants to make textiles. And I just was intrigued. And I thought, how could I not at least respond to this and see what, um, you know, what it's all about. So what happened then? Um, so I answered the ad. I believe uh, I called. I um I brushed up my resume very quickly, um, this, uh, did the best I could with it, um, had a conversation, uh, let them know that I really had the textile skills. And I think that was something that they were getting lots of response from people who had worked with people with disabilities, but not much response from people who um who knew anything about textile design. So Uh, uh, I think that's what kind of got me in the door. And I went for an interview. I met um, uh, Jessica, the woman who, uh, with whom I'd be working. Um, And I was very honest about my knowledge of textiles and, and the fact that I had never worked with a person with disabilities. Um, But I think uh, it was, I was successful enough in kind of um, showing I was, I was very excited about the job and about the possibility. And so I think my enthusiasm and my, maybe my knowledge of textiles uh, pushed it over the, the uh, edge and, and they were willing to give me a try. And so I was hired on really a trial basis um, to uh, just see if I could figure this out, figure out how to work with Jessica and, um,
0: uh, and, and help her make her art. And so can you tell us a little more about what actually happened in that role? Did you make art with Jessica? And was that art sold? Um, like what was a typical day like working with her? Yeah. And how long were you in that role?
1: So I worked with Jessica for about seven years. Um, the role, uh, I, I did, I worked about four days a week with her. It, it really, um, there were a variety of things. I, I was first, um, taught by, um, a physical therapist, um, how to work a little bit with Jessica, I, her range of motion, what was possible. I had to learn, um, what her limits were and understand she was someone who could not speak. So I needed to learn how to communicate with her. Um, I needed to learn how much she was understanding her, uh, her IQ level and kind of what, what, where we were. I had to learn about her artistic um, needs and what she liked and, uh, so it was really multifaceted and the other piece of it was that it had been a while since I had used a lot of these materials, um, dyes and fabrics and so I was kind of doing a lot of quick learning with that too and then learning how to use the techniques of dyeing and printing and making textiles in a way that she could really participate and and make decisions um, so that we felt that this was her work. So I, I, I was a little bit physical therapist, a little bit artist, um, um, you know, a little bit teacher um, and a little bit friend, I think, because we became very bonded.
0: Mm-hmm. And then what did you produce? What, what kind of work did you produce yeah, together?
1: So We um, made hand-painted silk scarves uh, we also made tie-dye t-shirts because tie-dye was, is a technique that she could kind of have fun with and that's kind of loose and easy. And then our what we did is we would build up uh, uh, an inventory of work and then sell it at craft shows. And so I also had to kind of um, do a lot of research in in textile, uh, in craft shows in the area, um, shows that would be appropriate for us, shows where our work would be appreciated. Um, and that became a really important part of the Job, the you know, applying, getting ready for these shows, taking Jessica to the shows. Um, she absolutely loved selling her work and having people appreciate it and buy it and wear it. And so it became a really important aspect of the job, um, and it generated income for the business. Uh, we would use a lot of what we made to uh, buy supplies, and and we just poured mm-hmm. it right back into the business.
0: Wow. Sounded like quite a learning curve for you. I, I know to to maybe relearn or re-up your skills on the artistic side, but also in terms of the physical therapy and understanding the um, limits and capabilities of Jessica as a, a disabled person, I, I feel like that must have been totally new territory for you.
1: It, it really was. It was completely new. Um, and I found it incredibly challenging um, and exhilarating and rewarding because, uh, well, I felt that I was growing, I was learning, and that it was a privilege to work with her. Um, but it also was just very rewarding to see that, see her be able to, to express herself and, and get joy out of this um, process. Um, but it, it was incredibly challenging, um, uh, and, but very enjoyable.
0: And just as an aside, um, was, is there any advice that you have from having that experience, uh, that you would give to other people who are working like an able-bodied person who's working with someone who is disabled in creating artwork Mm -hmm. or, um, in general, and just any comments on on that is such an unusual uh, role to to have and and job to have.
1: It is, I, I guess, um, you know what I had to learn, and my advice would be to you really uh, never assume <laughs> what a person mm-hmm. can or cannot do, or what a person can or cannot understand. Um, I think a lot of assumptions are made about um, well Jessica specifically because she cannot speak. But what I learned was just because she could not speak, she didn't did not mean she did not have a lot to say in other ways. And mm-hmm. that she was not understanding, she was she had a wonderful sense of humor. She was a deeply kind of emotional, passionate person. Um, so I think what I learned is not yeah not to assume anything about anybody because of what they may look like on the surface or on
0: the outside mm-hmm. um teresa let's change gears completely now because you're in a a brand new role well actually you're not it's not so brand new anymore mm-hmm. but you ended up changing jobs and you're you're now still working uh, squarely within the arts but in but in a, in a completely different way and i wanted to know when did you know you were going to change jobs and how did you get the job that you have? And can you sort of bring us into the transition that you made to become head of a, a gallery or a more than one gallery.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. I uh, The immediate uh, impetus was that we were moving. We were changing location. So there was no doubt that I was going to have to leave my job with Jessica and find new work. But I also have to say that I had reached a point where I was ready. If we had not been moving, I was ready to look for a different um, challenge. And uh, so I, I kind of considered that it was lucky that this opportunity to change locations came up. So mm-hmm. I moved and moved to Vermont where uh, art jobs and certainly textile jobs are few and far between. And I just thought, I, what will I ever find there in, in related to the arts? And I wanted to work full time uh, I didn't want to just go back into my studio and try to make and sell art. I really wanted to work full time. And I, uh, I again brushed up my resume and there was this beautiful art gallery in the town that we were moving to Middlebury. And I, I, Really just walked in with my resume and said, here's what I have done. I have no idea if you have any use for someone with my background, but I would love to learn this side of the business. And I was kind of in the right place at the right time. It took a few months, but all of a sudden, the the previous director said, "You know, I really do need someone." And I interviewed formally with her, and then interviewed with the owner of the gallery, and was hired as a as a gallery assistant um, without really knowing where the job, where my duties would would land and exactly what the job would entail, but just feeling very glad that I was at least in some sort of art job in Vermont.
0: You know, it's so interesting that you bring this up right now because I actually just wrote a uh, an article in Harvard Business Review that uh, uh, that's currently going viral on LinkedIn right <laughs> now because the editors there uh, featured it. And it's all about level. And whether relaunchers should hesitate because they think maybe they're they're selling themselves short to take a lower level job than maybe that they left or they think is somehow appropriate for their background—is it too risky? Will you never make up that that you know? Will you, will you never move up again? And you know, what we found is that uh, uh, and it, the the people who we've interviewed who have taken lower level jobs have uh, been. Uh, have been happy that they did it and they ended up moving up over time. So I'm very interested in hearing about the progression here, but essentially you're saying you just walked in cold to this gallery and said, hi, and I'm interested and I love what you do here. And here's my resume. And I have no idea if you can um, utilize anyone with my skills, but just wanted to say, hello, I'm moving here. Yeah. Like basically that exactly what I did. And I, guess I hit it
1: off enough with her that she was, she said, keep in touch with me. Keep every time you come up or, you know, just keep in touch with me. And that's what I did. Every few weeks, I would touch base, call, email, something, say, just let you know I'm here. And uh, the final time that I did that, she said, I need. I want you to come in for an interview. And uh, at the end of the interview, Uh, she let me know that she wanted to set up an interview with the owner. And at the end of that interview, she said, okay, when can you start? And it was September and I, we were planning to move up in January. And I told her that, and she said, well, I need you to start October 1st. And I said, I can do that. (laughs) And so that's what I did, um, because I really did feel, uh, that it was, lucky to find something in the arts. I, it was a gallery that I admired and I was really intrigued to kind of learn this side of the business. And I thought I'm starting low, but maybe there's opportunity here. So,
0: uh, yeah. Right. And also, I, I mean, they, they must've seen your passion, you, you know, clearly you, 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 have been an artist, I don't want to say your whole life, but yeah. most of your life, yourself, and uh, you're passionate, and that must have really shown through. Um, and I, I maybe I, I don't know if if your experience working with Jessica and the craft, you, you know, having to figure out um, that that whole side of the the business side of what you were doing, mm-hmm. if if that was appealing, but something about what you were presenting to them um, made them recognize that you were a great person to come on board and to learn. So, so what happened after you started, like what, what did you start doing and then how did it morph into what you're doing now?
1: Yeah. So it, uh, it was very interesting. We, uh, Edgewater has two locations in Middlebury. We have two galleries, two very different uh, fields and two very different collections, but I was quickly kind of put into what's called the, the mill street gallery and, from day one, was being trained by someone uh, half my age, and the 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 big impetus of my training was computer skills, and I have to say I was way behind on that. I did I did take some computer courses once I when I learned we were moving, and I thought about entering the, you know, job search. And I thought I really need to have better skills. And I, so I did take a few computer courses, nothing too um, heavy and nothing too uh, in depth. But my, the beginnings at Edgewater were a lot of computer skills, which to me seemed huge. And I was very slow at kind of um, getting the hang of all that. But I realized you know, how important it was to, you know, inventory and keeping track of things and being able to send documents and make up documents and keep track of things. And that was a huge uh, part of learning for me. Um, And then I was also... Definitely doing a lot of grunt work, moving things around in the gallery, cleaning and picking up and um, slowly learning how to hang art in the gallery. And all of this done very much kind of as an assistant to someone who was in charge. Um, but happy to kind of be learning it and learning it in that way. Um, and then fairly suddenly, after about a month or so of that, I there was a... a the woman who had been training me, um, accepted another job somewhere else. And I was asked if I would like to manage the Mill Street gallery, one of the two galleries in town, the, the director of the gallery, uh, the woman with whom I had interviewed was still kind of overseeing both galleries, but they wanted me to run that one Mill Street gallery. And I just said, yes, kind of, uh, um, it is a habit of mine. I think sometimes to um, leap before I really look. But I said it's. I, it seemed like a wonderful opportunity, so I said yes. And another woman who was working still for Edgewater was a wonderful kind of mentor and helped me kind of make that transition and. I had I didn't even know what I needed to know and she was great about kind of answering a million questions and getting me up to speed and, and kind of uh, preparing all the artists in that gallery for this change um, so that's that's the trajectory um, and I ran that gallery happily for a year or so and then the director of the two galleries uh um, had a change of location and moved, and then I was asked to run both galleries, and that's where wow. I am today.
0: So, what the computer skills that you needed were you t- was it like Excel and Word and that kind of thing, or was yes. it is some special gallery programming? No,
1: it is have? nothing fancy um, for most people, probably be nothing, but yes, Excel and Word and um, just. Being able to create documents, learning are, there also is a whole, um, you know, sales system, learning to use um, mm. what in the old days would mm-hmm. be a cash register, but now is an iPad and and how to negotiate right. that and and create sales reports and see sales histories and keep track of inventory. And so, yeah, all of that, which is uh, intuitive for some, maybe not for me, but but um it it was it was a lot to learn it surprised me how much there was uh com- how much computer work there was
0: so there there's like the physical demands of managing the gallery and moving pieces of art around mm-hmm. and mounting them properly on the walls there's the whole business side on um, the financial statements the inventory right. management um maybe some i don't know if there's marketing if you get involved in Definitely. that and, and then yeah. you're talking about the marketing piece mm-hmm. and and was that a learning curve for you and then you you mentioned the relationships with the artists so like do you like who makes the decisions about which artists are represented how do you develop the relationship with right. the artists can you yeah. talk about that so i
1: am the one who makes all the final decisions about the art that we have in the gallery. So obviously there is an existing group of artists that was there when I started. So I first had to get to know all of them. I had to get them to kind of trust me. I had to get to know their collections and uh, sift through what I thought we should have or not have. I had to get rid of some artists who I thought just you know, it is, I had to learn to be a business person. If I'm going to hang this piece of art on the wall, I have to be pretty sure that it's going to sell or else it's a waste mm-hmm. of space. And that was a, a real eye opener. Mm. I'm an artist. I have likes and dislikes in art. And you. I often had to put that aside because I knew that this artist was going to be, was going to sell well. Um, so even mm. if it wasn't my favorite, I knew that this was a good person to have in the gallery and that other people were going to really like it and and vice versa. So um, that was that that was eye opening for me. Um, I had to learn to kind of be tough with some of these artists, which was hard because I come from them and now Mm -hmm. I'm on the other side. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was interesting, too. And here, you know, they were giving me a product that is so personal to them, so important. Yeah. And they need to know, they need to feel good about what I was doing with it and how I was presenting it and how I'm marketing it and whether they're getting enough attention and marketing and all that. That's that's the name of the game for them. So. Um, that that was a that was a lot to learn.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting to hear you talk about this from the business side. Being an artist yourself and then totally turning around and looking at the other side. I mean, it, it gives a whole new meaning to real estate. Like, like how much real estate is on the wall, and what percentage of it is taken up by each piece uh, yeah. versus you know how how many of the how much. Can you, how quickly can you turn over what's on that space? I mean, you really do have to think about this in, in very stark business terms.
1: Yeah, I re I really do because I am, you know, I'm, I'm, not the owner of the business and the owner, uh, it trusts that I am going to make this a successful business, whether, you know, I'm sell. I happen to be selling art, but I could be selling anything, but I'm selling right. art and it has to, it has to be a six, he wants it to be a successful business. And he's, tr- he's, uh, you know, trusted me to do that. Um, so again, that pulls in, you know, the, the, so I, I also find new artists each year, weed out old ones. I mean, there, there's a lot to that. I have to think about kind of our market, who comes into the gallery. I also want to push boundaries a little bit just to keep things interesting for our regular customers and keep people coming back to see what, what might be going on next or what we're doing. And marketing is a huge thing. I, I'm responsible for kind of coming up with copy and text for things, and and giving direction to our graphic designer for images that we want to use and how to present those images. We advertise in some fairly large um, art. Magazines like uh, Fine Art Connoisseur and American Art Collector. And if you're going to put an ad in there, you want it to really look beautiful and you want to be showing the artists that are going to attract attention for the people reading that magazine. So there, mm-hmm. there's just a tremendous amount that goes into it. I, I don't think I would have imagined it when I started. You know, you walk into a gallery and it, yeah. it's, it's peaceful and beautiful, and you see someone sitting maybe behind a desk and you think, what a wonderful, wonderful
0: job. Exactly. So, Teresa, you were just mentioning the clients, the customers. And, uh, you know, we we talked about the artist, the supply side of the business, but like the demand um, side of the business is equally fascinating. And I'm guessing, you know, you're talking about the marketing piece. And you had to also have an understanding from a business perspective of who your customer base is and why they come in and what attracts them and what would keep them coming again. So. Can you talk to us a little bit about that learning curve?
1: Yeah, so that um, right, and that and that takes a while. You um, because you it really so that was another skill I kind of had to get used to is really talking to people when they walk in the door, being a salesperson, um, which is not necessarily my nature, um, but uh, I had to learn to. You have to gauge how much people want to engage with you. Do they want you to go up to them talk to them about the art? Do they want to be left alone? What are they responding to? You have to watch. Um, So I think, yeah, that was a a matter of uh, really engaging each customer when they come in and trying to assess uh, where they stand. I like to ask people what they like in the gallery lots of times. Um, and not to embarrass them or put them on the spot, but just, I like to hear them say, well, I just love this or that. And and you start to get a feel for, first of all, the people that are local to Middlebury or Vermont and are coming in regularly. And they, they might be very different from the tourists who are passing through on a summer vacation and the parents who are coming through who have students at Middlebury College. So you start to learn about these different groups and and what they like. I realized very quickly that people who are visiting fall in love with Vermont and want to take home a piece of Vermont often. And Mm. so that it's, you know, you, you kind of can't have enough beautiful Vermont landscapes and things like that. But having said that, you also don't want that to be your whole gallery. You want to keep kind of right. reaching the boundaries, expanding, and, and you want to be known for being a good art gallery, not just, you know, a kind of a tourist destination for 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 Vermont landscapes or something. So um, right. yeah, learning to be right. a salesperson was a big part of it too.
0: So interesting to hear about this whole evolution and your skill set, and you know the um, changing from being the artist to being on the business side in the gallery. Um, what's what's in the future for for the Edgewater Galleries? So
1: I am, um, you know, I think it's very important. Um, the the gallery world selling fine art is really challenging and is changing and you cannot, um, the things that maybe used to work or or just waiting in a gallery for people to come by, it doesn't, it does, there's so many more, um, challenges now because of the internet and social media and people can buy art online and it's a very different world. So for Edgewater, um, you know along you know I, I want to maintain having a high uh, quality collection and one and, and wonderful artists and beautiful shows and and keep all that going but I want to evolve um, and that and that is brings in our, our new location in in Boston at the Design Center where we are geared to working with interior designers and architects um, and and kind of getting our art into different veins of the the business world so that because I think it's not enough anymore just to have a beautiful gallery and 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 sit and wait for people to come. So the idea in Boston is to develop relationships with these professionals so that they will just keep coming back and buying um, because we have a high quality product and because um, they know they can find a variety of things and and so that's one way that we're kind of getting out there and changing um, but also just yeah having um, developing programs with other businesses and um, collaborating and uh, doing I, i've been doing programs with some of the nicer hotels and resorts where we 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 present programs. We have a plein air event where painters from our gallery are coming and painting on the grounds of a really nice resort or something like that, but just getting mm. the art kind of out of the gallery. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's just, it, you know, selling art is more of a challenge these days. And so I have to be really creative about kind of ways to, to get it out there.
0: Well, what an incredible story about your relaunched career in the arts, Teresa. I'm, um, As we wrap up, I wanted to ask you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, especially relaunchers who want to return to work in the arts, even if it's something that we've already talked about today?
1: Yeah, I guess I would say never be afraid to take a chance, and don't be afraid if if you you know read a, a description of a of a job and it doesn't match your skill set i think it's if it sounds interesting why not try um i think uh, i you have to be in the creative arts especially adaptive and creative in the way you approach uh new jobs because um you know it's particularly challenging there aren't many of them but i would say uh don't be afraid to, to, to try something new or, or go for something that just it sounds interesting, even though you may not feel that you're qualified.
0: That is excellent advice and ex- excellent advice even beyond the arts. Um, Teresa, how can people find out more about Edgewater Galleries? So we
1: have um, the two locations in Middlebury, Vermont, one at the Boston Design Center in Boston and one in Bozeman, Montana, um, the easiest way is to visit our website at EdgewaterGallery.co.
0: Can you spell that just to make sure? Sure. Everyone has so it. So
1: it's E D G E, W A T E R, Gallery G A L L E R Y, dot co.
0: dot co, not dot com. If you type in dot
1: com, it will work. Also, it's kind of oh okay yeah. It's a weird one, yes. All right.
0: Well, Teresa, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much. It was
1: my pleasure.
0: And thanks for listening to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.